Hey there, we're so glad you tuned in today. We would love to hear how God is using this podcast to encourage you. You can do so by visiting our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. We've been in this series, Bold, and we've been talking about how to have a bold life, living bold. We talked about the first week, we talked about bold power. God has called us to have power. He really has. He's called us to take power over things in our lives. Uh, and Timothy tells us that, that we ourselves are to have um, uh, to be bold in power and love and sound mind. And so 2 Timothy 1 4, we're going to have a, I believe we have a, a slide there. We've been kind of recapping a little bit of what we've been talking about. Media team, help me out with that. Uh, there's a model that we've been following. It's, it's, and here's the verse first. 2 Timothy 1 7 tells us this. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That has been our, a reoccurring scripture that we've based this entire bold series on. He's given us not fear, but power, love, and sound mind. The model has been constantly, and uh, I talked a little bit more about it last week, live bold, love hard, and die on empty. We're supposed to live bold because God has called us to live bold. We're supposed to love hard because God first loved us. So we love hard. In other words, regardless of what people do, we still love. That doesn't mean that you are a, a walking mat, but you still love because he first loved us even when we weren't lovable. How many ever, how many ever found somebody you love but sometimes you don't like? Hello, we talked a little bit about that. How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah? So, so we kind of go through that sometimes. And we've been through that situation in our lives. Everyone, there's not a person with a pulse in this room that has not gone through a point where you said, I love that person, but I don't like you right now. Right? That doesn't change your love. You love hard. And the third thought is simply this. Watch this now. Die on empty. Why? Because you cannot take a single thing with you when you go. Right? You can't take a single thing with you when you go. And that includes your body. Nothing. You can't take anything with you when you leave this earth. You are a soul. And God will receive that soul. Nothing else. Everything else stays behind. And so we have to realize that everything that we have at our disposal, we are to die on empty. Continue to be generous in our lives. Give all the boldness we got. Give all the love we have and everything and die on empty because guess what? God has a greater plan for all the resources on this earth than to just sit and hoard it. Hello? Some of you are like, I haven't hoarded anything. Have you seen my paycheck, Pastor Tony? Have you seen my bank account? I ain't hoarding anything. Sometimes it just feels like you're surviving. I understand that. That's not the only thing I'm talking about. I'm talking about dying on empty, leaving it all on the ground. I don't want to walk away 20 years. Uh, 20 years from now, my kids are grown. They're, you know, they have their own families, whatever, that I could look back and go, man, I could have done this. I should have done that. Man, if I could have just given a little bit more here. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about die on empty. I'm saying I'm going to leave everything I can 
for the next generation. I'm going to leave everything I can for the next people so that they could know the Christ that I know. Hello? Don't get quiet on me. I will preach longer. I said, when I leave this earth, I'm going to leave it better than when I came. I'm going to die on empty. I'm going to love people. I'm going to live bold, and I'm going to die on empty. Okay. There are many people in this world that, uh, as we talk about sound mind, we talk about boldness, and boldness is acting by the power of the Holy Spirit as an urgent conviction. And when we talk about urgent conviction, there are many people in this world that will try to change our minds, some by force, some by persuasion, some by logic, and some by manipulation. Hello? One thing is certain that someone will tell you what to think. Someone will tell you what to think if you don't figure out what you're thinking. If you don't decide what you're thinking. So when we look at these things, media team, help me out. When we look at these things, we realize that God has called us to have a sound mind. He's called us to decide what is important, and that's what we think on. It's the mind of Christ that allows you to thrive in this culture. We look around us and we see one thing. We see people advertising. How many have ever been caught in the web of falling asleep, waking up in the middle of the night, and you can't go back to sleep? Anybody? That's a horrible web. And what happens is, watch this now, somebody has a commercial for you. Somebody has something to sell you at 2.30 in the morning. Right? Buy this, sell that. And so what happens is we, uh, we hear uh, of this, you need this in your home, you need this because you'll be better if you have this prize or you, you'll be better if you had this situation. How many know that the next day you're going, what did I just get? Hello? How many ever been like that? Okay, some of you may not be like that. That's understandable. But somewhere along the line, you probably bought something in the middle of the night that you thought you needed, and then the next day or the next week, you're like, what just happened? They persuaded you, didn't they? They got you. They told you you needed it, you bought it, and then you're like, what am I going to do with this thing? Somebody persuaded you. Somebody got your mind. Buy and try it. No full refund if you don't like it in the next 60 days. They know you don't want to package it again, and half the time you can't package it the same way they came to you. How many ever try to put something back in the packet after you bought it, you took it out, you said, there's no way under heaven this thing fit in there? How did they do it? It's magic. It's witchcraft. How did you get that in there? There's no way. It doesn't fit. I've been there. We hear politicians trying to tell us certain things, to believe certain things of fear and, and, and draw us to one side. We, we have other people trying to change our mind and we scroll through our social media. Sometimes I just got to shut things off. Lordy, shut it off and think for myself what is happening. Lord, show me what is happening. I don't want to believe everybody else's idea. Our mind is an amazing program. Our mind is an amazing thing. And here's what I want you to know. I want you to know something. 
God has called you to have a sound, clear mind. He wants you to be able to think with the, with the, uh, the reference of the Holy Spirit in your life. And there's nothing in this world that Christ would want more than you to have your mind set on him. Set on the things that he has for you. So let me, let me talk for a moment about conscience. Because I've heard the word conscience being thrown out there sometimes almost as a parallel to scripture. But we each are born with a conscience. Right? The conscience is very useful. And it tells us the right and wrong things to do sometimes. Right? We, we want to talk about conscience for a moment. Because I want to I create the discrepancy, the difference between conscience versus the mind of Christ. Conscience versus the mind of Christ. And so by and large, our conscience leads us to feel guilty or better about something that we did. Our conscience is part of the natural knowledge that we have. In other words, it retains information naturally, and then it tells you, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Right? That's the conscience. And our conscience is generally going to tell us if we've done wrong, if we've done right, if we protected someone, if we hurt someone. Generally, it's going to do that. But if I steal, let's say, for example, I steal a candy bar at the store, and I feel really guilty about it, but then I steal another one, and I steal another one, and another one, and another one, and another one, there comes a point where your conscience will be seared, and it's no longer a burden on you. Now, all of a sudden, your conscience is like, hey, it's all right. They owe me something anyway. Somebody owes me something somewhere, so we're even. And all of a sudden, there's no longer a conscience there. Why? Because you've seared it with decisions that are opposing God's word. And so that conscience can be seared, and you can walk around with a seared conscience, and you can say, I feel this way. Yes, so what if you feel this way? What does God's word say about it? How many know that's true? We can live in a world right now, and we do, that does, has done something, even if, it's, uh, even if it's okay, it's done it for so long that it says this is the right thing to do. And if it's not okay, they do it over and over again, and, and we think that somehow that's the mind of Christ. Listen, the mind of Christ is revealed in his word. And if it opposes his word, look at me now, if it opposes his word, it opposes God. Plain and simple. The conscience can also be mistaken. Your upbringing could affect your conscience. The, what, what you've seen every day in your life. How many know when you're a little kid, the innocence that is there that people will do what they said they would do or they would follow through is innocent. Then the older you get, the more you realize that not everybody does what they say they would do. Right? And so we, we get seared by other people's decisions, not just our own. So let's talk about that. With that being said, we looked at the conscience for a moment. Let's look at what the mind of Christ looks like. The conscience is not the mind of Christ. It is simply, the, the, the conscience is the carnal response to life as we see it. Doesn't mean it's the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ has a kingdom mindset, has an eternal value. It doesn't make sense now to give a certain way. It doesn't make now, sense now to serve in a certain way because you may be thinking in the logical. In the kingdom mentality, what we're about to experience this week with VBS and a couple of different things we're doing as a church, 
in the long term, we're saying, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm giving of myself because I see the eternal value in it. That's the mind of Christ there. That's where the mind of Christ is activated in the eternal things, where the conscience is often materialized in just the temporary moments. How many agree with what I'm saying? Yeah. So the conscience is on the temporal where the, the kingdom mindset and the mind of Christ is on the eternal. So when we look at this, the mind of Christ is only accessible through what? Through faith in Jesus Christ. Let's look at a few verses here. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy. Actually, we just read that just a few moments ago. I'm going to read that. Turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 reads simply like this. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. God has invested in you. His investment is the Holy Spirit in your life. He's invested in you. When Jesus gave his life for you, he invested in you. And so now he's saying in order for you to keep that investment secure, have the mind of Christ. And you will see and operate the way I've called you to operate. How many ever, let me ask you, let me do this poll real quick. And this is by show of hands. How many have ever bumped into someone or know someone that has professed Jesus, but nothing in their life represents Jesus? How many ever came across somebody like that? Don't look in any direction, don't point in any direction, but you felt that way. You've known somebody like that, right? We've been there. I've been there. In fact, we've all been in a position where we said, you know what? I could probably have a better mindset. I could probably love people a little better. Yeah? I could probably follow Jesus a little closely, more closely. Philippians tells us, let this mind be in you that is in Christ Jesus. That's a tall order. How many know that's a tall order? Without the Holy Spirit, that cannot happen. Friends, look at me. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot have the mind of Christ. So when you have, when you, when you accept Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit comes into your life. You now need to say, I am blocking out all the things that are not of God. I am, I am at a, I am going to keep them at bay and I'm going to keep my mind focused on what is right and what is godly and what is just. I posted something earlier this week that said, I'm going to do whatever makes me happy, slash holy. And it, it, it made sense to me when I saw it. I said, I got to share this. Why? Because I'm not doing what makes me happy. I'm doing what makes me holy. I want to honor him because without holiness, it is impossible to see God. Without holiness... It is impossible to see God. Don't do what makes you happy. Do what makes you holy. God will work the details out. That's the call of the believer. Maybe you don't agree with that, but I'm telling you right now, God has called you to have a bold mindset. And the bold mindset says, I'm not going to do what makes me happy. I'm going to do what makes me holy. And that's following him first and let all the details begin to work out. You with me? Luke chapter 10. Look at this verse here. This is great. Jesus Right? Here in the book of Luke, he's saying this. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Ouch. It's hard. Love the Lord. I got that part. But have you seen my neighbor? (laughs) By the way, do you know my neighbor? Hello? I've been there. 
I've been there in those moments where I said, Lord, I, I could love people, but I have trouble liking them sometimes. God says, be bold, live bold, love hard, die on empty. Amen? If we love the Lord with all our mind, our strength, our soul, and our heart, we will live an incredibly blessed life. Here's what I thought. You know what I thought about this week? My goal every week is to walk as a blessable individual. As a blessable individual. In other words, I have done everything in my power. Watch me now. I've done everything in my power to reconcile with man so that God has no reason not to bless me. My goal as a believer is to live blessable. That means I'm going to give when he says give. I'm going to go when he says go. I'm going to serve when he says serve. You know why? Because I want to live blessable. I want to live my life blessable. How many want to live a blessable life? Not just a blessed life because God gives a blessed life, right? But moving forward from that, I want to live a blessable life where I, you know what? God has no reason not to bless me because everything he said I've done. You said, well, Pastor Tony, that's impossible. It's not impossible. He did it with Job. Look upon this man, Job 1.8. He is perfect and upright. Here's a man that did right, and in God's eyes, he was blessable. Though the trials came for Job, he, was, he remained faithful, and he remained blessable. And some of you are like, I've been through that Job situation. I've been through those struggles. But I'm telling you right now, once we're saved, the Holy Spirit comes into our life and he gives us that bold opportunity to have a bold mindset for him. See, the world has a bold mindset. The world has a bold mindset to live how they want to live. Why can't you have a bold mindset to live for Christ? I'm going to get three amens if it's the last thing I do. <laughs> Clearly, God wants to bless his people. Romans 8, 6 reads like this. For to set the mind on the flesh is what? Death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Spirit is life. Flesh is death. So what happens when you start to live bold and you start to have the a bold power in your life and you start to have bold love in your life and now you go into the mindset because that's the battlefield, right? That's where all the stuff happens, right? That's where the, all the conflict really takes place. Should I, shouldn't I? And you know, it's not really as simple as, you know, an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other. Come on, come, you know, it, it's, it's when you love Jesus, there's no devil on your shoulder. It's whether I want to obey my flesh or I want to obey the spirit, Period. So let that, be, let that be kind of distinguished for a moment. Uh, you know, it, it's cute in the cartoons. It's cute in the movies. Many, many movies have been made with an angel and a, and a, and a devil, and they're trying to tell you, do right, do wrong, do right, do No. When you are a believer, listen, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You either listen to the Holy Spirit's prompting, or you allow your flesh to take control. Period. I'm not going to tell you anything different because it's not true. You, you live in this flesh, but you don't operate by it. God has never called you to live in the flesh. That is your daily life, to live out your flesh. He's, you can live in your flesh, but not live out your flesh. You can live in your flesh, but you don't respond to your flesh. And what is the flesh, Pastor Tony? It's simple. Whatever opposes spirit. Whatever opposes eternity. 
whatever opposes God's word, whatever opposes fellow man, helping man out. Live bold, love hard, and have a sound mind that is focused on that. Come on, somebody. See, you can't be spirit-led until you're spirit-fed. You cannot be spirit-led until you're spirit-fed. Pastor Tony, I really have trouble having a, a sound mind. Let me ask you, how many times out of the last seven days have you opened the word for yourself and looked at it, read it, and took a hold of what it is that he's telling you? You cannot be spirit-led unless you're spirit-fed. Please don't tell me that the spirit is not speaking to you and you haven't cracked open your Bible in three months. Spirit-led is spirit-fed. Crack open your Bible, blow off the, the dust on some of them. Come on, somebody, and say, Lord, what are you saying to me today? Well, Pastor Tony, I, re I, I read uh, once in a while. Well, then you will respond to God once in a while. Okay, I'm not trying to sound harsh. I'm trying to be real with you. The flesh has an all-out war against the Spirit of God. It's time for us to turn the tables and realize that the Spirit of God every single day strives with you and desires for you to walk bold, live bold, love hard, and have a sound mind that is boldly declaring the Word of God. I'm telling you right now, you can't be Spirit-led until you are Spirit-fed. There's an old saying like father, like son. Have you ever heard that? You know what that implies, right? That implies that people have a pattern. That we all have a pattern. We are pattern people. We come off of, uh, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Right? We are pattern people. But guess what? The Spirit of God enters a life. How many know you don't have to be the same thing that your parents or their parents or their parents were? They could be fantastic people. You don't have to be that. You can be a better version of that with the Spirit of God striving in you. How do you do that? Spirit-led, not flesh-led. Flesh-led will lead you to do what you want to do, what you like to do, and what feels comfortable to you. Paul is saying to the church of Philippi, he's saying this, that we ought to be a replica. We ought to be a replica of Christ. Just like father, like son, we ought to be a replica. Be, have this mindset that is in you, that is in Christ Jesus. Have the mind of the father. I'm reminded of how Jesus was behind in the temple. Mary and Joseph went on and they had to turn back around. They came back and they said, what were you doing? He says, I was about the father's business. Because he had the mind of the father. That's what he was concerned with. In so much... That his earthly father and mother was, was a, a, a distant second because I was about the father's business. So in a sense, the greatest battlefield that we could ever have is to have our minds be focused on Christ. Amen? In a sense, there's a battle for our mind and there's a high cost because your mindset is listening to something. What is it? Your mind is following something. Who is it? Someone. And I don't know about you, but I know where Ephesians talks about here for a moment. We're going to read this passage here for a moment. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4. So I tell you this, and insisting on the Lord that you must no longer live as Gentiles do and their, and their, and their thinking. Now let me stop for a moment because when Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, a lot of the Gentiles were not 
Christ-converted followers. Look at me for a moment. The people he's talking about are not Christ-converted followers. He's saying, you, 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 if you walk like those who don't know God, then you will walk in the flesh. You will walk and do the things that will happen to someone who walks in the flesh. But if you obey the Spirit, Spirit things happen to you. Yes? So we look at it and they say, they stay darkened in their understanding and separated from God. And they have ignorance because they've hardened their hearts. Verse 19, having lost all sensitivity, there's that seared conscience, right? Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they're full of greed. Everything we can read in the news today is found in Ephesians 4. Over-sensualized, separated from God, seared conscience, all those things. Turn on the news for five minutes and you'll see it. Verse 20, here's the hope. Are you ready? Everybody say hope. I'm about to give you some hope. Here it is. That however, it is not the way you have learned He says to the church at Ephesus, when you heard about Christ and you were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life. Put off your old self. That's not the real you. Put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You know what he's saying? Take off the old you. Don't put it back on. When you're taking it off and you have the mind of Christ, take that off and live the way Christ has called you to live. Take off the old you. I'm done with the old you. I saved the old you. Now I've made you new. You are new in him. Amen? The Bible puts supreme value on your mind. The Bible puts supreme value on where you are putting your focus on mind. For instance, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Whatever is pure, whatever is virtue, think on these things. There's an important mindset that has to happen to have a sound mind. And how do we do that? We got to boldly declare it. We have to boldly accept that. Now watch this. The follower of Jesus must demonstrate to the world the importance of living this way because the world does not, look at me, the world does not have the mind of Christ. It has a conscience. Therefore, we can't hold the world accountable for what we should be doing. Many people and churches have been stained because Christians are telling the world to behave a certain way when they don't, have the, they don't have the mind of Christ or the Holy Spirit in their life. You can't tell someone that doesn't know God to act like God. I don't know him. I don't know what you're talking about. That'd be, is, that'd be very similar to me walking up to you, just meeting you. You don't know who I am, and I walk up to you, and I say, hey, do me a favor. Do exactly what my father would do. me what who are you and who's your father i never met him right but we insist to them no 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 you don't understand it's the right thing to do my father was a good man do like him right now what would he do in this situation i never met your father i don't know what you're talking about how absurd would that be right if i told you to do what my earthly father would do 
Why are we telling the world to do what our Heavenly Father would do? First things first, let them know what God did in your life. Hello? That's good teaching. Because we're telling the world, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. And I understand what's wrong, and I understand what's right. But guess what? The first things first. So what if, they, if, they're, if they're doing righteous deeds or not? If they don't know Jesus, that's the first thing that needs to happen. Tell them what God did in your life. Have that bold mindset to say, you know what? You may not see this, but there's something happening in my life, and I want to tell you about it. Share that love of God, and that's important. Let me kind of wrap this up for a moment. When Jesus was tested and tempted by Satan, what did he do? My church logo says, when he was in the wilderness, right? He, did, he, did he spit out his church mission statement? Did, 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 he, did he say, hey, um, come to this Bible study. Uh, let me tell you what, no, I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to let my pastor tell you. No. He had the word of God and he defended his own spirit man. He walked in power. He walked in love and he walked in a sound mind. And what did he do? He used three verses in Deuteronomy. The first time the enemy came to him in the wilderness, he used a verse in Deuteronomy. The second time he came to him, he used another verse in Deuteronomy. The third time he came to him in the wilderness, he used another verse in Deuteronomy. Can you tell me Jesus was not in Deuteronomy and his devotions that week? He had it on his app. He had a whole series of devotions on the book of Deuteronomy. I'm being facetious, of course, but you understand what I'm saying? He didn't defend it by telling you a mission statement. He defended it by the word of God. He says, the word of God says, do not tempt the Lord your God. The word of God says, man shall not live by bread alone. He used the word to defend what the enemy was trying to do in here. Now, whether the, the enemy came to him physically or not, you can debate that. But how many know that everyone in this room has been tempted at one point? Whether he has physically come to you or not. You've been tempted in one way or another. I'm telling you right now that your mindset has to be that of Christ Jesus. Satan's mission is to have a stronghold in your life and you have to decide, no. No. That will not happen. That must not happen. Each of us fight the spiritual battle every day single day. And as the worship team comes, I want to pray with you right now because there's a verse that I want to read to you as we close. And I'm going to ask you to bow your heads all across this room. Father, thank you for your faithfulness in giving us a mindset that is like Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray, help us to be vigilant, to be dedicated, and to be purposeful in everything that we do. In Jesus' name we pray.